What's up, everybody? Welcome to Stack and Sats presented by Four Space Mining. I am your host, Plumik Ovasic. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Eric and Stephen Wilson of Wilson Mining. These are two brothers in the Bitcoin mining industry, started up their own farm this past year. I was super happy to have them up at the studio. I wanted to give them a shout out for driving up five hours, recording a couple hours of the podcast, and then driving straight home. Uh, Stephen and Eric are super knowledgeable. And they shared their experience of beginning a mining operation, uh, all the hiccups and headaches that went along with that, and the victories as well. As always, this is not financial advice. Please enjoy my conversation with Eric and Stephen Wilson. Well, I'm super appreciative to have you guys here today, you know, yeah. for making the the drive over to uh, the Four Space studio. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, this is cool. Appreciate it. This yeah. is Stack and Sats, and I'm here with Steve and Eric. Yes, <laughs> of Wilson Mining. Yes, sir. How are you guys doing today? Good, tremendous. It's a beautiful day out. Yeah, yeah. We're finally turning around and getting some good weather. You know, classic Midwesterners out here. Yes, we're talking about how it's nice, but oh. we're sick of that snow. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Good news is is you know BTC is is pumping a little bit. Yeah, that's uh that's been super exciting. How long have you guys been you know like following BTC and kind of like what's your what's your journey been like you know? Sure. So I started in my neighbor, well our neighbor got me introduced into um late or no early 2018. He convinced me to buy some, and I just kept buying and buying and buying, and I kept telling him about it. And then he, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't like it at first. You were, I was, hesitant. I was hesitant at first. Um, and were you like skeptical or I just hadn't done like any homework on it. And so basically like Eric called me one night and there was like a huge crash one night and he was like, look, Steven, if you were ever going to buy, you should buy now. I was like, fine, I trust you. And so I bought some. March 2020. Yeah, it was March 2020. So I bought some and then I held on to it for like. I don't know, like 30, 45 days or something. I'm like, this is insanity. Like, this is crazy. So I had to get out because it's too much. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so then I finally had like, a, like, call it like a break in my life where I had time to like really like sit down and just like, okay, there's a ton of smart people that I respect really highly that are taking this stuff super seriously. Like either I'm wrong or they're wrong and I need to figure out which one it is. So yeah. I went, and and did the work on it and did my homework and you know lo and behold i was wrong and um yeah and then all from there you know then it was my turn to call eric and and say you know and and so the whole time i've been thinking like you know what how do we like how do we make a business out of this you know like i want i want a business in this industry like really really bad so i've been thinking about it thinking about it and i put enough of the pieces together and i was like you know we should be mining like you know iowa has cheap uh, cheap power down there. Um, you know, we have like a bunch of land, like, you know, there's just enough pieces down there to make it make sense. And I was like, Eric, Eric can fix the machines. Like he was a car mechanic before this, like, nice. you know, I'll bet that, you know, he can fix the machines. I've never seen him not once look at a machine and not be able to like figure out how it works. So I'm like, I'll bet he can figure out how to do this. And so then I called him, I was like, Hey, I think we should start a Bitcoin mining business. And Eric goes, yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take much to sell. You know, and it was like, you know, I've got the X amount of, of, of dollars in tether right now. Like how many Bitcoin miners can we buy? And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa slow down, slow down, slow down. So then 
you know, we bought our first one. We bought a, we bought a, a 110 Pro nice. version, uh, stuck it in our mom's basement, like figured out how to like set it up, connected to a pool, uh, like all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, it became like a, an addiction quick, quick, fast in a hurry. Like I'm sure like a lot of people can relate to and, um, yeah, that we bought 23 more fast and, yeah. and, and, and shot down to Iowa and I'll kind of let Eric kind of talk about like our first, uh, our first setup. Yeah, for sure. Um, real quick that time during March, 2020. Yeah. That was yeah. insane. That was right when COVID happened. Yeah. And I remember I watched Bitcoin, Ethereum and Tesla. Yeah. And I was just like, holy crap. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that's actually when I first, uh, finally became like orange pilled and intrigued to it all. Yeah. Um, sure. it was such a buzz time, you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. uh, yeah, Eric, you were saying, uh, yeah. So we, when we first bought our S19, I, we, like, we didn't know anything at all. We didn't know anything about overclocking firmware, how, you know, how to set it up in the home. And so we, we bought our, we bought the miner and then we had to, well, it was my job to research how to, to figure out how I can get it running in the house. It's not as easy as it may seem. Obviously, you need 240 volt, need a special plug, like a dryer plug or something. But so we got that running and then we initially weren't going to do any overclocking firmware. That quickly changed after a few months as mm. it does for many home miners, I'm sure. You just want more hash rate, more Bitcoin. Um, so anyway, we got that running in the house and then Stephen, you know, we, we, we talked about going down to um, Iowa uh, like he said, we have quite a bit of land down there. And then we had a machine shed with a, uh, a drying system set up for grain operation our family has. So it has 600 amp service, 100 kV transformer. And we, we realize, you know, that's about 100 kilowatt you can run, you know, give or take anywhere from 20 to 35 machines to pan on overclock. And so we initially decided because it was so dusty down there, well, we have to do immersion because we don't want to filter the air. Nice. I was just going to ask you. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it was just, it's it's better for the miners. You can run the miners harder. How was, how was the immersion experience? It was. Like, I know a lot of people talk about it, but I hear that it can be, it can be a pain. You know, you, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I like it more than air, actually. I think it's mm -hmm. easier because with air, you know, you have to assume, you know, air comes into the building here, it leaves there with immersion. You know, you can see the hose. Fluid's coming in there. You know where it goes. There isn't an opportunity for there to be, you know, something you don't see. Mm. And you can see all the, you can see all the liquid. Um, but our experience was really positive. And so we, we bought all the immersion equipment. We got it all set up over the course of, you know, a few weeks or so. I mean, a lot of pretty long nights down there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of long nights down there. Yeah. Did you guys like make the tank yourself? Like we we bought a tank from Stan from Arctic Systems. Well, we bought a, a DCX tank initially. Yeah. We had some some bad experience with them. The tank was leaking a little bit. Everything was European, which threw off like all the electric all the electric stuff was European. And our electrician was like, "What is all <laughs> this stuff that you brought me here? Like, why is you know?" And so you know. There was mistakes that we made like mm -hmm. there and then yeah we bought a tank from from stan and um and then like you know he was like the only guy who was selling tanks so then we kind of set out to like okay you know if we can't really like buy tanks from him because he was getting like huge 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 orders and so he wasn't really going to deal with like guys that were buying like you know small tanks like us or whatever 
And so, you know, then it was like, we might have to start building like our own tanks. So then we started doing, building our own tanks. And it's just, it's a big, like a bathtub. It's not that sure like terribly difficult or whatever. Uh, but everything worked super good. And we made the kind of big glaring mistake where we didn't get the power side really figured out. Mm-hmm. And we basically got our first one's power bill back and it was like 18 cents and just, holy crap, you know, blew, yeah, it blew the entire thing up and like our everything worked perfectly it was like it's a sin that the world isn't going to get to see Mm. that that first immersion setup that we built and um but you know that just was what it was like you know there's no amount of like overclocking or efficiency gains that can get you past like 18 cents a kilowatt hour of power so it was like okay we you know sulk for 24 hours and then you know figure out like where to go from there and you know luckily we had you know other land that was three miles away um with a with a different power provider and they we called them up and they were super super motivated to 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 help us and they gave us a super like a really really good rate and they're like yep love to have you guys like you know here you know my name is Garrett I'm I'm the CEO of this like you guys work directly with me so it was just like a really good like sigh of release to get that relationship moving mm-hmm. uh, you know the bad thing is like all that work that we had put in for like you know time work money like everything in was basically burned and wasted at the uh immersion facilities you know if you know miners probably know like immersion is not cheap yeah. right so that was uh you know kind of a, a shitty part of the whole situation but you know we took it on the chin and uh moved to the second facility that we have you know have been advertising uh, on twitter and our website and stuff like that um and so that's how we ended up there. The the progression is something that interests me because you had mentioned at first, you know, you called up Eric, you're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna build a Bitcoin mining business. Yeah. But it, it initially started with, you know, that one ASIC mm-hmm. and kind of doing that whole like home mining yeah. approach. Like were you guys kind of just like it was as you were learning and you were like, you know, the way we have, we have to scale this, we have to immediately scale it or how did you kind of go from like starting off at, you know, the home mining level to then, you know, very quickly wanting to build up? Yeah, it was, we, we both really like, we're obviously very competitive. You know, we grew up playing sports our whole life. We were competitive with each other and we really like a challenge. And so it was a challenge to get one up and then we got the one up, you know, it was running perfectly. And then we, you know, we got the challenge of the overclock. How do we get more? more hash rate, you know, how do we deal with the heat, stuff like that. And it was, you know, it, it, it just kept becoming, how can we, we want more Bitcoin, more hash rate, more challenge, more energy, more heat. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, it just kept progressing to more, to more, you know, when you buy like a car, you know, you, you first, you know, you buy a sports car, you say, oh, I'm not going to modify it at all. I'm going to keep it the same, you know, and then it starts, you know, buy a nice set of tires and a nice set of rims, oh, I'll just throw an exhaust on it doing this you know it just it just keeps growing and growing and growing and it's like you can be happy with a whole miner and it works out perfectly but for us we just we just kept wanting more and more and more that's i don't think that'll really change anytime soon yeah no probably not i just saw like i mean for the very beginning like i just saw like a big uh like a big vision with the whole thing like i could just see like you know all the farmland that's down in Iowa, you know, I could see, you know, the cheap power that was down there. Like I could just, I just saw it like real, real clearly. And I could see like, you know, this is our way to like, you know, 
I should like backstep. Like, so, so our family's like been in, like, we're f- technically fifth generation farmers. I was going to say, yeah, and that's like why land, bringing up like land and yeah. farmland and stuff. So we're fifth generation farmers. And, and so like the vision behind it was like, you know, we can like, you know, add like a new business line to call it the family business. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I could really just like see like, you know, this is a new revenue stream for us, you know, and, and we have like uh, so much of this, like already in place. So especially like self-sustainable, you know, yeah. like, cause you guys, like you're saying, that's just something that you're always thinking about anyways. Right. With the family. Yeah. And so, and so anyways, you know, I just saw like a big, a big vision with it. And then, you know, we're young, a lot of energy, like, you know, a lot of time, you know, I don't have like a kids or family or anything yet. And so like, just a lot of ambition and energy going on. And that, that propels you to move quick, fast, in a hurry yeah. to get to get things rocking and rolling, right? I love Bitcoin farmers, too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are my favorite people to talk to. <laughs> the energy is always there. Yeah. I met a, a goat farmer from Nebraska through, like, a Bitcoin Milwaukee event a couple mm-hmm. months ago. And nice. Yeah, he had this whole correlation to, like, how, like, the ASIC market is, like, very similar to like the competitive goat farming market like that he experienced like 20 years ago that's hilarious i've actually i've kind of wrote in like some blogs about this like mm. topic or whatever and i think farmers like really intuitively get like bitcoin like it is a commodity you know they just the whole digital thing kind of like doesn't really make sense a lot to them but like they very much like get and understand like how commodity businesses work mm-hmm. and so it's like super intuitive for them to like really like grasp it you know it's and if like you can kind of get them past like the digital part of things you know and it's like the the mining is a good way to do that because they can like see and hold and touch sure. touch the asic there's part. some physical space with it right yeah. they can like wrap their heads around that but like all of those guys like really intuitively get like what this is and how like this business thing works with the commodities and so it's like interesting to talk to those guys because a lot of them like you can tell like quickly really get things that's you know awesome. yeah i, I cool. just want more and more uh bitcoin farmers in my <laughs> yeah. opinion yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah you you mentioned steve you know you're getting this point where like you see you see the vision you know you saw the land you saw iowa yeah what is what is it about iowa that's just like advantageous for a bitcoin miner man uh first thing there's you know I was a huge exporter of energy. So we create like a boatload of energy. And if you drive through Iowa, like on 35, you'll see windmills everywhere. Mm. Right. And so, you know, it's windy all the time, every day, every night, 365, like all it's, it's windy all the time down there. And so we're just a huge exporter of energy. So that just means that the energy is cheaper down there. Um, and then you need like, you know, space, you can't mine Bitcoin in the middle of a city or even a neighborhood like that's just not going to work. So, you know, you need to have, you know, basically like farmland where your only neighbor is like two miles away and they're never going to hear the loud burr of the, of the ASICs whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, it like a lot of that stuff just like lines up Mm -hmm. in Iowa where you have, you know, lots of rural farmland, cheap energy. Um, and then, you know, even the culture where like farmers are very much like, you know, 
I'm going to, you know, do my thing on my farm and you go do th- your thing on your farm and we'll kind of, you know, leave each other alone, so to speak. We won't ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's not like, you know, nosy, pesky people like poking around asking, what are you guys doing in there? And like stuff like that. And so it's like a lot of that stuff adds up um, to Iowa. And then like the climate, like we were talking about before, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not battling the Texas heat year round. Right. You know, it's it's cold down there right now and the ASICs just love it. So it's just, you kind of add all that stuff up together mm-hmm. um, and you get like a good place to mine some Bitcoin. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, yeah. and like the the consistency of the weather and, you know, all these other like physical landscapes that, you know, you've mentioned. Yeah. But it's still, you need, you need like, uh, you need people. You yeah. need to know the right people wherever you are. Yeah. You know, no matter what the case is, it could have everything that you need, but you know, you can't just go build a house on this perfect land. You have to know who to talk to. Yeah, that's and true. You guys mentioned, you know, you got that first bill where it was 18 cents per kilowatt hour and you had to immediately kind of like, uh, you know, Y turn and figure out a, a path quickly. Yeah. And I'm, that's where I kind of feel like I'm curious because it, it ties into, you know, how you're explaining the abundance of Iowa. Yeah. But yet you're still getting that giant electricity bill so i guess i want to i want to hear more about the experience of dealing with the power company and um garrett who you had met who was just like a complete 180 from the from the start of how yeah uh yeah go ahead eric we 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 were working with Alliant Energy. I think they're actually they're pretty popular here in Wisconsin. Yeah, Alliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we hate Alliant. Not fans of Alliant. Don't endorse them at all, guys. Don't work with them. No Alliant yeah. Energy yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so they were the first power provider at the uh, the grain bin drying site, and so we we tried to work with them, and we kept telling them, you know, we're we're pulling you know X amount of power, pulling we want to pull 100 kilowatts every single hour. And I don't think they believed us. They said, oh, there's no way you're going to pull that much power in a shell. It's not going to happen. So they just didn't believe us. And then we started pulling it. They just said, all right, we don't know what you're doing, but we don't like it. Okay. So we, we, we tried to talk to the, the Iowa representative, like it was their, basically their, their, you know, as high as you can go for their sale. We basically went and like harassed everybody at this oh. company. It was just and me and Eric. Your way up. Yeah. It was just yeah. me and Eric like mm-hmm. calling these people like, you know, a couple times a day, like yeah. trying to get to somebody who could help us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like when you're a legitimate, you're, you're just yeah. like, yo, just pick up the phone. I like, yeah. I actually have a business going on. I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this. Yeah. And so we, we, we all, we finally got everyone rounded up. We got the local person who was the Alliant representative who actually came out and visited the site a few times because we wanted more power. This is before we got the first bill, fortunately. Um, but so we got her on the, you know, we got her on the Zoom meeting. We got the sales guy on the Zoom meeting. We got, uh, I think it was like an accountant or something, like an account representative on the sale. We got everybody on the meeting. We got everybody on the meeting. So we finally get everyone's attention and we go, okay, we want to pull, you know, 100 kilowatts. We want to do more. And they say, great, we would love to give you that power. And we're like, all right, great. We need a lower rate. And they say, we can't do that. And we're like, what do you mean? Well, you can't do that. Like we know, you know, there's lower rates around Iowa. We've talked to the buyers in the area, you know, there's lower rates. You need to get us that low rates. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. And we were trying to ask like, well, what do you mean? Why? And they said, we couldn't because they have to pay three and a half cent to, for a transmission service charge, you know, to use the power lines. They're a publicly traded company. So they, you have to appease shareholders. 
I mean, they're a huge company. I, there was all these fees and riders added on. And they just, they weren't, I don't know if they weren't able or were willing to go any lower, but they just wouldn't budge on the rate at all. It was ridiculous. I think that's something you don't hear much is like, uh, you know, from the perspective of the company, why they can't and, you know, like that it seems a little bit more like, okay, well, you could have just said that at the start. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we finally got, you know, after I think it was 10 minutes of the meeting, they said we, you know, we can't go any lower. And Steve was like, okay, great. Well, thanks for coming out. And we, you know, we, we got after months of harassment, we just ended the meeting. We got mad and we started emailing out the other other power providers in the area. And then we have another grain bin site at the other location three miles away. And that power provider is a local co-op. And so, you know, it's not a big publicly traded company. You know, it only provides power for maybe, you know, a thousand locations. So it's very small. And so that, you know, that we had been a customer of theirs for 20, 30 years at that point. So they knew who we were. They knew our location and they knew our name. And so we called them up and they immediately took us seriously because they knew who we were because mm. we were locals they were, we weren't just some random people coming in, talk about this Bitcoin stuff. They say, no, these guys were farmers first. Now they're looking at something else. Gotcha. Yeah. So it was, a, you know, it was a big realization to us that, you know, because, you know, we were already down there because we were local, we got, t- we got taken seriously. We weren't immediately brushed off saying, no, we don't think you're going to pull that much power. It's like no, we're we're landowners. We do you know, we're we do know a thing or two about what we're doing. We when we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And so he immediately took us seriously. You know, we sat down, we had conversations with them. On the second email, he gave us a really good rate. And then us and you know the power fighter immediately just set to work on how we're going to do this. We both agree we're going to pull this amount of power. Here's the price. How are we going to actually start doing? And then you know we just. We started billing. We got the the local electrician. His name's Randy. Me and him get along really well. It's it's get yourself a good electrician. Like oh, it make or break your whole project. Are there bad electricians? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. There's bad ones. Yeah, there are bad ones. You know, it's like a bad doctor. So yeah, it's gonna be fatal. Yeah. I mean, you know, every every town like has like a go to mm-hmm. electrician. You know, and if if you're in that community, you know that that's the guy. Right. So when we say we're working with Randy, like the power company knows Randy, like the inspector knows Randy, like everybody knows Randy. And so you're able to really piggyback off his credibility to really push your project through, even though like everyone else doesn't understand what Bitcoin mining is, but they know Randy and they know he does a good job. So you're able to really kind of like piggyback off his stuff um, and his reputation versus just being like, you guys do what? And we don't know who you are. And you're not from around here. And it's just like all these questions. And so they kind of, you know, just say, okay, yeah, we don't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot less explained to do when it's more like, again, you know, leave me alone. I just need this. Okay. Like, here's the check to go do it. And they just go, great. That's all I want to do. I, I, we're not getting questioned. It's just, here's the check to go do it. I need this. It just gets done. Because I, because on the first location we did use Randy, and again he didn't ask why or how. He just said we need, you know, six hundred amps going to that shed. There was never a question about what the fuck you guys do, and it was just, all right, no problem, we can get it done. How do you want it done? Mm. And you know, just every time I call him, he answers and he helps out. It was, it, it was just, and then we have another guy we work with uh, that unloads all our heavy equipment, like our transformers, our containers. 
And there was one time where we got a call from a shipper saying, hey, you know, this is when we got our DCX immersion equipment saying, hey, it's on the back of the truck. Where are you guys at? We're like, what do you mean? We never got a notification that you were coming. He's like, oh, well, no, I'm here right now. And so we called the, uh, the equipment guy and we said, hey, you know, there's equipment on the back of a truck. Can you go get it off? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll be over there in half an hour. Wow. And so, I mean, you would never get that if, you know, we didn't know him. He didn't know us. He would just say, I don't know who you are. No, I'm not going to do that. You know, since he's he's worked with us plenty of times, he just said, "Okay, yep, I'm I'm home. Let me go do that right now." Uh, so, a little bit of a background. I started off working in logistics in the industry, <laughs> so it's just like you said that, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, really? You mean a <laughs> trucker that yeah. never, you know, yeah. notified the people that yeah. they were coming?" Shocker. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's so classic. They just show up with just like heavy equipment yeah, like, and they're like, well, you need to move it. It's stuff that like, you know, I can't like deal with this on like, like at a moment's notice, like big, mm-hmm. heavy stuff. Like right. I need like, you know, specialized equipment. You need a fork. Yeah. yeah you all the things. All yeah. the things that you need. And it's, yeah, hilarious. Right. That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, through it all, it, I don't know. I just love how, I love this conversation here because I think for a lot of people to like, to even wrap their head around Bitcoin is hard enough, but then to like wrap their head around mining and how to begin doing that. Yeah. Um, I've just been loving, you know, we've had a little bit of like a step-by-step almost. Like, yeah. It's not like a complete manual, but you guys are really sharing some good insight and I really appreciate that for the audience as well. Yeah. I was, uh, I was going to say like, uh, so the power company we're with now is like, is a co-op, right? Okay. And so a co-op is a nonprofit mm-hmm. and, and and that's really the reason why we're able to get such low rates is because they're not actually making any money on us and their business isn't to make any money versus when you're with, you know, in a big investor owned utility, it's like they have to make money on you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and, and we were having this conversation with Alliant and they just said, look, you know, we can't compete with their rates. And the reason they can't compete with those rates is because they need to make profit and the co-op doesn't mm-hmm. they need to make a profit. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if you're kind of, at the stage where you're looking, you know, for like who should, who's a good power provider, I would be looking, you know, out in the rural co-ops and, gotcha, gotcha. and, and, and just, you know, basically they're passing on, you know, the, the price that they get it for straight to you, no markup. Like that's going to be hard to beat like for pretty much anybody else. Right. So what's like their advantage in it? Like they, they have to, you know, they're still a business. They're still operating. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what's in it for them, I guess. So it's, it's, again, it goes back to like the local. So the local co-op, you know, it's important for people to have electricity and how co-op works is the, uh, the, the customers are the owners. And so the, the again, the, it's, it's important for the local community to, to like the co-op and you know, obviously it's incentivized for the co-op to employ, you know, people down there. So people have jobs, but that's kind of the incentive is like, there's this local community that again, everyone needs electricity and we all have to work together to make sure this business stays in business. So we all continue to have electricity and have low prices. So it's very, you know, as typical, you know, especially rural Iowa is very community driven as in let's work together to get, you know, a, let's all a, make better opportunities for ourselves, I guess, mm. as, is the way that at least I believe. Right. So they tell us just keep the meter spinning. And what they really mean is if you spin the meter, then everyone keeps their jobs and we don't have to like downsize or, yeah. or anything like that. So, um, Trigger, right. Yeah. 
community stays happy. We, you know, we can even grow that. We can even grow a little bit. Yeah. You know, we can employ, employ more people. It's just, you know, it's, I mean, it's a good thing for everybody. Right. Down. It's, it's a super good, like mm. good relationship. Like they're helping us and then we're also really helping them. Like we're, mm-hmm. we'll be a big, big part of their business. So it, it like ties in, does it tie into like demand and kind of just like, you know, like more infrastructure for, uh, energy, you know, for them, the co-op to build for the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we paid, um, we, we had to pay for our own, uh, lines to, to get to us. So we, we, we paid for the five megawatt lines to get to us and you know the all the other members will get to use those lines that, that we paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's good for everyone in that sense too. You know, we upgraded their infrastructure basically and everyone got it, gets to use it for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but it's totally worth it to us because, you know, we're going to make, you know, a boatload of money on, on the back end. So it's worth it to us too. And they get new, uh, new infrastructure. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a win-win in that sense. Well, it's interesting. That's something that was like, just like, it wasn't even like in my understanding that there was this like mutual you know, relationship between, you know, getting the power provided to you and the people who are using the power. But then as you learn about like, you know, like mining for precious resources and like you, you, you know, we all saw the Joe Rogan, we heard about the communities where there's no electricity yet. These people are all mining these precious materials for us to then, you know, build our sustainable future. Yeah. And one thing that I, kept seeing and I saw it from oil and gas people on uh, LinkedIn of all places. Yeah. They were, they were always talking about how there is no way to have like a functioning prosperous society if you don't have electricity. Yeah. Like hundred percent. And I don't think that that's any different from America. And that's where like these rural areas, like you guys are saying, I think yeah, really speaks to it because you take that for granted in the city, just mm-hmm. always having that, yeah, like literally anytime you flip your light on and it works every time. And it's like, you don't realize how like immaculate that is until like you really start like getting into the energy side yeah. of things. And you're just like, man, I just flip this thing on and like there's power every time, like somehow, mm-hmm. uh, some way. And it's like, you know, that the stat that the, the, the highest quality of life uh, countries all use the most energy. It's like pretty universal across the board. And it's like, you know, we've kind of gotten into the, this mind frame where it's like, you know, we need to be using less power, less power. And it's like, really, you're just asking us to like decrease our, our quality of life, which basically nobody wants to do. Yeah. You know, it's entirely the wrong idea. We need to be thinking about how do we get more power, more energy, like, and not just from like any one source, like from all the sources, like, you know, it's, they're all fine, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, like, you know, just, we need more of all of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. things are only going to get more more uh connected so it's like yeah 100 percent the right point to make mm-hmm. and it's it's something that you don't hear often but most scientists and engineers are in agreement that you need you do still need natural gas you still need kind of these yeah. uh hydrocarbons as like alex epstein calls them yeah um but it's also great because from what i understand and i've seen you know the research that Bitcoin mining is extremely sustainable that over 50% of mining operations run on sustainable energy net carbon. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool to, 
uh, to hear that that's going on in Iowa too, and that yeah. you know you guys can take something like wind farms and yeah. actually put some good use to them. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, seriously, yeah, get some get some actual revenue. Yeah, um, from them, and they're not just like sitting mm. idle. They're basically just wasting energy, so to speak, and taking up the beautiful skyline. And yeah, yeah, it, it taking up the beautiful skyline too, right? Um, I kind of want to transition into your guys' business and, and talk a little bit more about that. But before we do, it, I guess uh, you know, are there any things that you guys think are important to bring up, like for someone looking to you know begin Bitcoin mining and then to like begin thinking about scaling like is there anything that we didn't really touch um it was i i guess there you know anyone can scale but you know it it makes it a lot easier if you have the opportunity for us ours was fairly our our situation was fairly opportunistic we had the land it, it, it just made sense for us but it doesn't always make sense to scale if you just don't have that opportunity it, it, may, it might just make more sense for you to just focus on making your machines more efficient at home. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people feel a pressure to continue scaling, but it's okay if you don't. I mean, you can always try it in a different location than you have. You know, some people, they might not have a real club, but they only have a line energy, unfortunately, and that's very unfortunate for them, but it is what it is. But, you know, don't. I guess you don't feel forced that you have to get bigger mm. every single day. It's it's okay to, you know, really hone in on your strengths because we've always said that is play to your advantages. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't, you know, if you're a home miner and your power isn't uh, isn't that great, you just have to focus on your efficiencies. But you only have like five machines. And so you can sit around and just mm-hmm. auto-tune mm-hmm. them perfectly, you know, and if like that's your advantage and, you know, I can sit there and just mm-hmm. like perfectly optimize my specific five machines mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe that's my advantage versus someone with, you know, a thousand miners. It's like, they're not going to be able to sit there and give that much attention to detail to every single chip and every single miner. Yeah, right. Totally. So, you know, just, you don't have to be, you don't have to get caught up in this whole, like, oh, bigger is better thing, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, like, you know, play your own game, play your play your own deal and, and, and use the advantages that, that like you specifically have. And you don't have to sit there and look at Riot and Marathon's business model and think like that, you know, you have to be that, or that's the only way to be successful mining because like, sure. it's totally not. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I see it as, you know, hopefully they have done all these steps as well. And that's why, you know, they might've gotten that point. But when it comes to like the ability to like procure ASICs, the ability to buy the infrastructure, to afford the power bill. Mm-hmm. None of that really is like, so like you're not just like making this Bitcoin and scaling exponentially all this money. Like mm-hmm. the more you add onto it, it's very linear in terms yeah. of like expenses. There's no yeah. point where I'm like, okay, instead of buying one, I should have bought 10. You know, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it it really isn't going to like change the money you're making. It's yeah. like you guys are saying, it's, way more like specific to to what it is you're looking for and and what mm-hmm. what you can you know what you can afford and what you can do realistically right exactly. yeah you know don't don't go try to bite off like more than you can chew mm-hmm. you know this community has like a very very short leash on like bs 
you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, if you get caught like BSing and over promising and under delivering, like there is no second chances in this community. Like people have a very, very short, uh, opportunity for where that they'll hear you out basically. And like for good reason, like the whole, you know, don't trust verify. Right. And there's been like, you know, tons and tons of bad actors in this space. So like anytime anybody gets any sniff of anything, they're very, very quick and jumpy to, you know, start calling you, you know, all the bad names that you don't Mm -hmm. want to be called on the internet. Right. And, you know, so it's like just being, you know, really careful about that because, you know, if the community decides that you're a bad actor and maybe you were, and maybe you won't, weren't, you know, and you had the best intentions and you just made a mistake. Yeah. Right. But again, there's not going to be a second chance for you. So just like be super careful about it because once, and the community is small, like pretty, you know, a lot of everyone kind of knows or has heard of like most of the people that are kind of like doing stuff in this space. And so like, you know, if you blow it once, it's going to be really, really hard to get yourself a second chance and just like, Mm. don't do that because it's small. I think in terms of like reputation, like compass is a great example here because it's super good. I feel like I have a pretty nuanced opinion of them because I do see them do good work and I see them like, yeah, you know, I think that, I think that they're trying to turn I don't, a new leaf too. I don't think they're like evil or bad, a bad company or Mm -hmm. like bad people or that they were trying to like rip a bunch of people off. Like, I totally don't believe that that was like their intention, Mm -hmm. but you bit off more than you could chew. Yeah. And your ducks weren't in a row. Your ducks weren't in a row. And, and there's no second chances. And there are people who will never, ever give you a second chance. And that reputation that you burned is next to impossible to get back. Like, you know, if you go on Twitter and see what people say about them, like even with all their fiascos that happened, like, you know, last year with everything and it's like people, no, they didn't forget, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, you're not going to be forgiven for it. It's like, I guess good to know that before you're like really trying to make a move in the space, like yeah, get your ducks lined up. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a way more investing community with people who come from all kinds of backgrounds. And the last thing you want is like your name, your identity tied to, you know, something shady. Yeah. Um, this is, this is about money that can be moved, you know, and yeah. ways that work differently from our government and just people you run into, you never know. So yeah, in, totally. in the Bitcoin mining industry, it's very important to have an you know honest approach with it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. Let's talk about Wilson Mining. Sure. Let's. Uh, I want to yeah. hear. I want to hear about your guys' operation and how things have been going for you. And yeah, go ahead, E. Um, so it's been going pretty well. We we just got up and running, and I think we. It's been. A rough beginning of the year. So we initially told customers we were going to be up early January. And then we you know, we had some delays with the, uh, the upstream container got delayed because of the uh, December storm. Some of their trucks got stuck in the Midwest with the, the huge blizzard. And then we had a delay with the, uh, the inspector. Our inspector was very picky. Got super unlucky. Oh, dude, this guy was a... Yeah, it was it was the type where he he said he wanted to make sure the lights in the container worked, but we, you know yeah. we couldn't hook it up because he wouldn't let us pass. Oh my god! And yes. so he once we passed, he said, "Oh, well, I want to come back." And I don't think that's true. And, you know, he just wants to keep his nose on our business. But it was just it was just a nightmare. The uh, the power company said he's the type of guy to 
he goes on properties where he's not allowed to just try to find issues to try to give them citations to get them shut down. It's that type of guy. Um, but we only got stopped on him for a month and then, but then we finally got up and running. It's been running well. You know, we, we learn new things every single day. Um, that's it. For the most part, I think things have pretty much went like as, you know, a few hiccups, but like, that's pretty normal for, Mm -hmm. for a new business. Um, and we may, you know, I I would make this point to like everybody, you know, we very easily could have just lied and with, you know, because we failed our first inspection and it was on us. Right. Yeah. You know, and that was our fault. We very, very easily could have lied and made up excuses and said, you know what, the inspector's sick and he couldn't Mm -hmm. get out to inspect us. Like it would have been super, super easy to do that. We did it. We told everyone the truth and we said, you know, we didn't pass. And if you guys want to, you know, grab your rigs and, and, and leave and go somewhere else, like, you know, we'll honor that, you know? Um, and what we, and we told everybody the truth The people are super understanding when you just tell them the truth, yeah. you know, and like what's going on. And we said, we failed the inspection. We're going to make all these changes. Like, this is what we need to do. No problem. This is when we expect it to be done. Like mm-hmm. we just kept everyone in the loop and everyone was super understanding mm-hmm. and, and everyone stayed right. Those versus, are the right customers to have too. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like, you got to own like, you know, your, your own situation. Right. And it's like, you know if you get caught lying again like that now again now no one wants to hear yeah. uh you know about you know your how you were delayed and why you were delayed because you know you didn't tell the truth the whole time and it's like people are super super understanding i can't stress this stuff they're so understanding when you just tell them what's going on yeah. just tell them good bad ugly literally just tell them the truth mm-hmm. and they're so fine with it right but the second you don't tell them the truth god i don't have any time to hear you anymore please yeah. give me my rig back right now yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of money and mm-hmm. it's a lot of trust and people have just heard all the bad stories, the horror stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with you. The, the times that like, I, you know, thought I was going to get, you know, skinned, like I thought I was going to mm-hmm. get yeah destroyed for, you know, delivering the news I had to, but yeah, you have to, you know, keep your chin up. And like mm-hmm. you said, you just have to be honest with, with everyone in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just own it for what it is and, and mistakes happen. And, and most, most people are really understanding about things. And if they're not, then, Hey, it's fine. It's, you know, you lost one customer. It's not, it's not the end of the world. You'll, you'll probably get another one, right? Mm-hmm. Just don't, don't start lying to people because then you're never going to get any more customers. Yeah. You're just not, <laughs> you know, I can't stress that enough. Like in this industry, it's like, just don't lie to people. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, you're, there's no coming back from that. You know, was this back in, sorry, real quick. Was this back in January of 22 or no, no, 23, I of think this, yeah, like this year, four months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all still very fresh. How did um, you guys kind of find your customers? Did you have all that lined up before you even, uh, began, uh, you know, the, this, uh, last step? Yeah. I mean, we basically, um, we started marketing pretty early. Um, and so I come from like a marketing and sales background. And so as I was like looking at the hosting space, I was like pretty confident that, you know, I could, I mean, cause basically like nobody was marketing or putting out any content or right. anything. So I was just, you know, our whole strategy from the get go was like, you know, we're just going to put out some content, you know, it's not going to be very good. I don't know how to make content or anything. Like I don't have this dope <laughs> Uh, studio that you guys have, <laughs> but, but the, really yeah, or like, you know, the cool mics, but the point being was like, you know, I'm just going to show my face and Eric's face and like who we are, what we look like, how we talk, 
uh, what, you know, kind of like the values that, that we're about. And that was like, you know, above and beyond, uh, compared to what, like what a lot of people were doing, you know, and everyone's very like, you know, anonymous and stuff like that. And so we or, just were just very, uh, sorry, real quick, just very like, uh, sketchy about the details. Yeah, yeah. Just like not like really open about everything. And we were, we just decided to take the complete opposite approach. And so, yeah, we had all the slots sold out for months, um, in advance. Awesome. Yeah. In advance. Um, what so kind of, what, sorry, what kind of content were you guys, uh, making and you were posting it on like social media or? Yeah. So we were doing, uh, Twitter is like the pretty much where most people are finding us. So, um, I'm a huge believer in doing like, you know, so, like short form and then long form. So it's super easy to tweet without like very much effort, time or money going into it. So that's like how you like, you know, get your reach. And then if people wanted to learn more about us, we have a YouTube channel where we post like more in-depth stuff about like, you know, what our facility looks like, you know, like mm -hmm. some of the immersion stuff we did or just like any of our thoughts and opinions. So it's like um, basically like giving people the, all the homework to do on you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, cause like by the time they would book a, a Zoom with us, you know, that they, they were 90% of the way there. Like, cause we had given them so much of the homework about us nice. um, going into it. So by the time they got to us, it was, you know, pretty straightforward. They had a you know, really good idea. They had like one or two questions about mm -hmm. some like, you know, how do you guys do repairs or, you know, where do I ship my stuff to, or like how long's your contract or whatever, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, boom, boom. Yeah. Sounds great. Let's do it guys. Right. Nice. So and yeah. You guys aren't discriminating like on, you know, MOQs or were you guys looking to get Bitcoin miners or are you just, were you just looking kind of to like get anyone intrigued? Um, I, we were just kind of looking for anybody that wanted to do it. You know, we, we didn't have, like you said, have an MOQ, you know, show up with one miner. That's perfectly fine. Again, we started with one miner. We never want to be the guys that tell people, Hey, you know, you're a small customer, get lost. I just don't think that's, that's, it's <laughs> not how you win the community. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's never a Bitcoin. Ever. Yeah. It's all about the small guy. And so we never want to tell the small guy, you know, go fuck off. It's just yeah. not right in our, all your miners are good with us. Yeah. We all, we're no discriminating. Yeah. Good, good. The only yeah. thing we don't like is, uh, can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't bring any can of miners. We just don't, you know, bring a, bring a what's miner, bring a, you know, bring a Bitman product. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even like some, we have L7s that we do. We've got some Kadena miners and even all coin stuff like that. It's, that's all good with us. As long as they consume power and they don't break down, it's just perfect. no Avalons, please. No S17s. Yeah. No, oh my no, God. No, no. Yeah. No S17s. Any of the, the ones that got bad reputations. We, yeah. we don't want to deal with those. Totally. Until you know, I mean, S17s are just, yeah, I mean, they suck. They are just garbage. I remember we, we spent like, we did a whole bunch of S17 repairs mm -hmm. uh, for my last company on our own, you know, our internal uh, machines mm -hmm. and like half of them that we like fixed yeah, like yeah. immediately. Start breaking. Again. Yeah, just start breaking. You just, yeah. they're so fickle. I remember yeah. that was one of the first uh, models I, I was uh, like introduced to and everyone just had terrible things to say. <laughs> Versus like, I, I love the, I love the like uh, warm hearted nostalgia of an S9. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter who you're talking to. Yeah. Someone like is going to yeah. speak positively of yeah. the S9. I know. I, uh, we weren't around like the mining space for the S17 
uh, times or whatever, but I'm sure that was absolute chaotic madness. Imagine if you're, uh, you know, like one of these brokers who is helping, you know, like a pubco scale and yeah. you deliver on these 17s and none of them were. Holy crap, dude. Oh God. I can imagine. And they're oh, calling geez. you like, Hey, like 40% of these, you know, we're dead on arrival. And it's like, <laughs> you got to call Bitmain. <laughs> yeah. I didn't make any of these. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I want to help you. Mm-hmm. I can sell you more. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's tough. So you guys uh, mentioned, you know, you don't like Avalon's because they're just always breaking down. Are you guys also providing like repair services uh, for your customers or? So we have, there's another facility just south of us that's like 45 minutes away. So we bring all the, uh, the repairs to them. I can do like, um like fan replacements and, you know, I can replace hash boards if you send me new ones, stuff like that. But I kind of draw the line because like Susan has an auto mechanic, but an auto mechanic, they never let us like, uh, mess with the, um, like the, the circuitry on the control boards and stuff like that. So that's where I kind of draw the line. I want to start learning more because, you know, it is important to know that and to be able to fix these miners. It's not incredibly difficult. You know, it's just electronics just at a very small scale. And, you know, it's very tedious and I'm not a huge fan of tedious shit like that, but you know, it is what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to have to learn it, but no, we bring the, the miners a bit south of us, but you know, I do all the other stuff. Um, but no, we've only ever had problems with, um, like older S19s that were in incredibly terrible environments. Like we had one customer, his, his miners look like they had been run in a desert, like non-filtered air in a desert that, yeah. The, the front, like the metal screens on the fans, those were complete rust. Oh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it's bad. There were bugs all over him. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah. And so, like, his miners are the only ones that have really had issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, and so we quickly realized how important it was, because when we had ours running in our basement, we had it running in air for, like, six months. And then when I cleaned it off for, um, you know, put an immersion, it was basically clean there was no dust on it at all mm-hmm. and so i quickly re- or we quickly realized how important it was to have you know a nice clean environment and it just extends the life of these miners and that overall because i mean what you spend in you know air filters saves you on the back end for the sense that you don't ever go down as much because you don't have as you, know, you don't have the dust build up and the moisture then build up and then you get corrosion and then your miners go down mm-hmm. and because once you get the corrosion and dust start building up you know it just becomes you know, one thing after another, yeah. Another again, same thing we see in the automotive industry is it just causes all kinds of issues and it doesn't stop. Once it's there, it's it's you know it's a cancer. It just ruins everything, and so it's so important to have a very clean environment for these miners. And so it's it's just don't cheap out. On it. Yeah, if you're you know buying a container or you know you're doing it like in a building or whatever, like don't you're spending so much money on these machines. Mm-hmm. Don't. Don't cheap out on on the container and the air filtering. Like it's gonna kill you. You're gonna lose so much money on the back end with your repairs. Like don't cheap out on that. It is so not worth it. Like and the worst thing with uh, repairs is, is like it's not even about like okay, let's say you just don't care. You know, you're like yeah. whatever. I'll run it on the floor and it'll yeah. get dusty and right. there will be thirty grams of protein and yeah, <laughs> by the time we're done yeah. with it. Right. But at the end of the day, whatever, I'll just get it repaired, bada bing, bada boom. It's like, well, one, you're expecting people to clean this and then to be able to put yeah. this high stress on these boards. Like right. that's the other thing. Any any 
minute you put this board on a repair bench is like a minute of stress that isn't good for the board. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just like, yeah, the, the, the preventative maintenance, you know, it's like preventative healthcare. Yeah. Get it, these machines a good place to live in. It just makes your life so much easier. Like, especially if you're like, you know, actually trying to scale something up, call it like, you know, past 20 miners, you know, like you've got 50, you know, we've got 144 in our container and it's like, you know, what a headache it's going to be if, if, you know, four of them are breaking every, every other day. And it's like, you know, now it's like this, this business that we were trying to scale can't be scaled because we're so bogged down on fixing miners. Another four went down, another five went down. It's like, how are we ever going to scale a thousand miners? It's like, now there's going to be 40 miners breaking every single day. Like this is, this is just insanity. And now it's like this headache that you, you didn't foresee happening and you're like, okay, now I have to hire like 10 people to help me repair all these things. And it's like, okay, now my margins are all whack mm -hmm. and screwed up. And it's like, just don't cheap out on it and just save yourself all that. And enjoy when your miners run for a year without ever turning off and how awesome yeah. that is and how passive it all becomes mm -hmm. as well. Like that's kind of like what your, what your goal is. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're made for. That's why they're ASICs, yeah. and they're not what, you know, we're not running GPUs anymore. Right. ASICs need to run 24-7 to do their one job. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been talking about marketing, and you guys are a connection through a good friend of ours, Tom, yes. at HashBranch. And I wanted to kind of talk about your experience with HashBranch and sure how all that laid laid out together and yeah tom's been uh great yeah he, i mean i've talked to him a number of different times on the phone and um i think what what he's doing with hash branch is is really like spectacular yeah. i've told him this you know i think like what you guys are your mission like what you're trying to do is like right it, it's, it's it's correct in the right direction that you guys are heading you know and I'm, i've really been like pulling for him and yeah. that whole team you know like i want them to basically like take compass's position in in the marketplace and and have somebody like a hash branch um you know because compass doesn't own any of their own facilities like they don't tell you that but like yeah they don't actually own their own facilities but they don't you know advertise that right and i'm and, and something like what tom is doing where they're you know openly saying you know like you know, we're a review site. We don't own any of these sites, but like, you know, these are some of the sites that we endorse, mm -hmm. you know, and they've got like really good analytics that they've recently put in yeah. like their premium listings and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's a hundred percent the right direction. Like, you know, if you're somebody looking for, you know, where should I host my miners, like go hashbranch.com, you know, you get literally, you know, anybody who's anybody hosting is, is more than likely on there mm -hmm. um and you can find you know enough information about each one to give yourself uh you know start making a list of like you know the places that you like and you know the locations that are near you mm -hmm. like i think you can sort by like the energy mix um and even stuff like that which is really cool like there's just tons of stuff that 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 you can do to like narrow down like the the, the providers that you're looking for i'm super happy to hear that we actually we hung out with tom and deepak and uh houston oh you did yeah we got it in power yeah we got nice. that in power and then yep. also hung out and tom was on the pod yeah so it's awesome because uh his episode will be airing next week 
Nice. So then you know you, tune in. you guys will be down the queue and yeah. be perfect because right on. Hopefully the audience you know will remember Hash Branch and yeah. I'm just happy to hear that Tom does you know build that personal relationship with uh, the people who he vets on the marketplace. Um, yeah, that's super important because all of a sudden there's just a bunch of other companies trying to do the same thing and I mean it's just, it's not about just like giving me a database of everyone who's hosting, you know, the whole point is, is that there's a million things that can go wrong once I hand my ASIC over to someone. Yeah. How'd you guys run into him or the company? I think we were, we, I mean, we were looking at different marketing channels and I think, where did we find him? Uh, I can't even remember. I think like Telegram or Twitter. Yeah, it must've been on Telegram. I think he, you know, he was just advertising or something. And we checked out his site and then we were like, oh, hey, no, this is a great place because he had mentioned uh, we wanted to get, you know, we wanted, again, we wanted people to be able to research us. And so that was the one thing is he's a review site. He's like, great, let's get on him. Let's, let's, let's try to get some reviews on here and, you know, get people to look at us. That's where we send people as, hey, look at Hashbranch. You can look at all our competitors too and look at us. You make your own decision based on what you want. Yeah. And it just, you know, it was, it just made all, just made a huge amount of sense to us. Yeah. I think it's what the space needs yeah. too, is someone who's going to just spearhead the, mm-hmm. you know, we got to get this whole like trust thing, like under control and s- stop scamming each other. Like, let's just stop. We got to stop the scamming. <laughs> it's killing all of us that are trying to like do this the right way. And like, we're all so sick and tired of it. So like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see him like, you know, take on that, that challenge. Right. It's a big responsibility and it is, and you know, it's yeah, he's really been growing it and it's been great to just watch, you know, yeah. from the sidelines mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Shout out Let's to Tom Hashbrain. Go on. We're, we're all pulling, we're all pulling for you. Like all of us, you know, all the miners are, are all pulling for hash brands. Like, you know, what makes it, a uh, genuine and, and good for Bitcoin is that like there's, way too much competition going on and i think when you're in the mining industry you realize that there isn't a need for competition yeah like yeah we're companies who do similar things but you know like you guys are saying it's about finding the right situation for yourself Mm -hmm. and that's not going to come from the top you know companies all trying to out compete each other well this guy's you know did this or mine is this and yep it's good to have the analytics to see the uptime yourself right yeah um to know exactly what kind of energy is being used for the facility Yep. Uh, to find people like you guys are saying in your own neighborhoods Mm -hmm. you know that that beginning uh importance of personal connection and working with the people who who do all these jobs that are required for bitcoin mining to to be able to, you know, to even start up in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just like, uh, yeah, I love the concept and yeah, I, I love that it is actually someone who we all are like, yeah, this guy is honest and we believe in like yeah. what he's saying and what him and his team are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Just pull it, you know, the community pulling for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's all you can ask for. Right. Yeah. So just all execution now, I guess yeah. the hard part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, you got the community behind you and, and that makes a huge difference. Right. And we've, you know, we've, I think we shouted Tom out on, we did another a podcast like a month ago and I think nice. we mentioned him on there too. And just, 
you know, we're trying to do that with like a lot of the guys that we've talked to and have like good relationships with. Yeah. You know, so. I'm just, I'm just happy podcasts are like moving into our industry too. Yeah, like me too. we, we all have like great conversations with each other and mm-hmm. yeah. usually they're like in like inappropriate times. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Yeah, like we're all partying, yeah, sharing, yeah, sharing yeah. great ideas. So yeah, yeah, it's good when we all sit down and you know do it in a nice setting like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, like just the community is like so hungry for just like content, information, and like you know. So somebody's got to you know put a podcast studio together and, and have yeah. have guys on who, who talk about how they built their you know first container, right? Yeah. You know, it's like you know. People just want, they want to hear it. They want to learn from it. You know, they want, they want all that stuff. So it's like cool to, mm-hmm. that's happening for, for us, right? Even beyond, uh, even just like beyond trying to convince people about Bitcoin, I think it's like you're saying, it's more about, it's like about the people who are in it right now. Like for sure. We're all super nerdy and we, yeah. we want to <laughs> learn more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the only way to learn more is you have to, you have to get your perspective changed and yeah. you just have to keep keep wanting to learn more yeah uh, that's yeah that's what's so cool about the bitcoin community mm-hmm. now i think there are you know toxic maxis like that's yeah. something that i <laughs> yeah yeah i really want to like kill them with compassion and kindness <laughs> I agree. like i agree like stop thinking that we uh that we're all gonna eat meat yeah and you know that we're all just like it's like uh it's such like a they're they're like a very narrow box right and so they have like this very like you know we're gonna eat meat and you know all fiat is bad and like you know they have like these very yeah all crypto is a scam and like it's very like strong opinion Mm -hmm. opinions and it's like you know if we're gonna do this whole like you know hyper bitcoin Bitcoinization thing. It's like we're gonna have to make this like a bigger box for people, yeah. right? The the whole like you know we can't squeeze all seven billion people into this little box. Like we're gonna have to make this box bigger, but like it'll be better in the long run. You know, it's just like some people aren't gonna want to eat beef every single day, and that's totally fine. And they'll mix in some chicken and maybe some lettuce, and you know who cares really? Mm-hmm. But like you know, just like making it more like approachable for for people who are looking on the outside to come in mm. because like the they're so just like strong about their opinions and it's like overwhelming if you're looking from the outside and you're kind of like wishy-washy like unsure about it mm-hmm. but like you know some of those guys seem cool but like i'm not sure about the maxis and you're like trying to figure out if you're going to like join this little group yeah you know or like this little community or club or whatever we want to call it and it's like you know mm-hmm. just making like things more open and like easy to get be approachable to come into and the maxis are are not particularly good at that no like the way i see it is like it's like when you want someone to join the gym yeah like and then the maxis are just in the corner and like kind of like looking at you like making fun of your exercises and like you don't know how to do anything correctly and 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 they're deadlifting like yeah they're ego lifting yeah yeah. they're just (laughs) dropping weights everywhere it's like intimidating and like you're just like holy crap i you know i just came in here because i wanted to lose a couple pounds like this is overwhelming like i'm out of here you know and with a lot of things there's like a way that you want to convince people but i think the bitcoin way is you let the people convince themselves Mm -hmm. i always say this is a self like discovery journey and that's the same kind of like thing with the gym it's like 
it's about getting it to your own pace. And, you know, I want people to walk into a place to be healthy because they want to be healthy. And, you know, I want people to get into Bitcoin, not because the world is ending or because fiat is, Mm -hmm. you know, crashing. It's not because I'm going to say, I told you so every time Bitcoin goes up another 1000. Yeah. (laughs) It's like what we're already, we're already in agreement. It's not about conversion to USD. It's about getting Bitcoin applicable. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see the utility of it. Right. I'm, I'm hoping for the scaling of lightning and all these future projects. I'm really sure, you know, I'm really hoping that we just keep it going in the right direction. And that's, that's my only beef with maxis is that You know, hey, I get it. You know, I like to have a good time. I I just ate a, a pound of ground beef yeah, last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from a cow that I bought from a farmer, and that's so cool. it's like I yeah. I support a lot of those ideas, but yeah, like we don't have to be like so strict. Exactly, yeah. a lot inclusivity is huge. You know, like it's like a very like it's all you know it's like a very like strict regimented like way of like how they view the world, which I I get it. And you know, it, the funny thing is 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 a lot of the time they're right. Right, yeah, they are like they're. It's not that they're like not, they're very smart and they're you know intelligent people. And most of the time, like they are right, which mm-hmm. makes it difficult to like go against these guys because like a lot of the time they are right about like the things that they're like sounding the alarm bell on and like being like very aggressive about. Mm-hmm. It's just like the approach yeah. that you're taking is like you're just scaring everybody <laughs> away, man. Like you're just. It's like you're in the gym and you're just slamming your weights yeah. around and you're just like scaring everybody, dude. Like <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? Like you're like this big muscle dude just like and everyone's freaked out by you. It's <laughs> like, you know, just bring it down just a second. Like let's get a couple new guys in the gym and then, you know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Humble Midwesterners, I feel like yeah. we're just doing the Midwestern <laughs> thing. Yeah. Well, everyone's got to feel good. <laughs> I'll let me know. We're gonna have a hard time getting, you know, growing the community if we uh, if we try to do it like any other way. Yeah. No, totally. What's in store uh, for the future with you guys? Um, you know, you said you guys are hungry and you want to keep, mm-hmm. you know, going for more and more. You guys are calculated, so I'm sure you have somewhat of an idea of how it's gonna go. <laughs> we have uh, big big plans facing <laughs> pretty far into the future. Mm. So one of our plans is, um, since you know where we facility sits on 320 acres that we own, that we own, and there's a wind farm about three miles south of us, a 200 megawatt wind farm, and so the one idea we have is we want to put wind turbines on that land that we own, so we can produce our own energy. Nice. Which means obviously, with well, the second we produce our own energy, we become a power producer and. You know, every Bitcoin miner in the world has to buy from a power producer. We no longer have to. Mm-hmm. We're a power producer, which means everyone else is now uncompetitive compared to us. Wow. And so that's that's the big idea that we... Is there, like, any regulation in terms of, like... No. That I mean, it's not, like, double dipping or anything? like Not, not in Iowa. Not in Iowa, no. Not in, uh, not in Fra- yeah, Franklin County, no ordinances, mm-hmm. no energy... Or yeah, you know, there's no rules to say that we uh, that we can't. But yeah, we really believe like we're we're kind of one of the few miners who are like really uniquely positioned to be like able to generate their own power at scale. Mm. You know, um, and like a, you know, 200 megawatt wind farm. Like you know, the company Alliant owns that wind farm, obviously. Um, but like they did all the homework and realized that that was a great place. They could have put the wind turbines anywhere. Sure. Right. And they did all the homework and realized that that was a great place to put it. And so, you know, we're not going to pretend like we're too smart 
and just go, yeah, if they thought it was good enough to spend $200 million building that there, you know, we think it's probably good to build it right here too, you know, a couple miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, kind of the, one of the longer term, like, I guess, beliefs that both of us have about mining is that, you know, you're going to have to really figure out how to either A, generate your own energy or really like partner with an energy provider because, you know, the margins are going to get narrow, like smaller and smaller and smaller from if you're buying power from the grid and then selling it to the Bitcoin network via hashes through an ASIC, right? Gotcha, that, gotcha. Right. I, I, I'm a huge believer that that margin, like the margins that we have now are, you know, they're pretty good, you know, and a durable run, they're ridiculous. And that's inevitably, you know, those margins are going to get cut, 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 cut. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like in the commodity business, just producing your commodity for less than everyone else. And then you're totally fine. Right. So, uh, yeah, anyways, that's kind of the, the long-term vision is mm-hmm. putting up like huge, you know, three, four, five megawatt wind turbines, um, on the land and then just having like a container, you know, transformer and then a container and then a burr <laughs> in the, uh, in the middle of the fields. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the, the big vision that I was talking about kind of earlier as we were speaking like that was kind of what I was seeing. I was looking at those wind turbines and I was kind of looking at our land and I was looking at the Bitcoin miners and we were just kind of like, you know what, wouldn't this just be really something if we just pulled this all off, you know, this would just be wild, Yeah, you know, and, uh, maybe I'm just, maybe we're delusional enough to believe that like we might actually pull it off or something, but I kind of think we will. So, you know, we'll see what happens in like, you know, five, 10 years, kind of where we're at. Mm -hmm. Went from one miner to 144 and Less yeah. than a year, so yeah. You so who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. What about the you mentioned the future of mining? Yeah, I have I have some ideas. Sure. Um, I want mining to become a, like a pleb sport. Yeah, I want it on smaller scales. Like, yeah, I want people to be not even aware that their like apartment building is yep. is heating <laughs> them. You I'm know, so, their water. So bullish on that. So Seriously, on that, like. Mm-hmm. Just once you explain the idea to people, it's like, I, uh, yeah, I had a tweet that went kind of like semi-viral nice. and, um, you know, it, the, the tweet that I was saying, it was like, you know, I would never bet against like the mining community. Like guys would rather find a way to heat their homes with ASICs than turn them off. You know, like that's not a group of guys that you bet against. They like literally invented a new way to heat their homes. And like some of the stuff I've seen is like so cool that yeah. people are doing. Um, and it's like, you know, those are like, that's a group of guys that you just, Hey, no matter what the odds are, like, just don't bet against them. Like they'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm just so bullish on those like DIY guys that are, Mm -hmm. um, like really hands-on and just invent like cool things like in the heat and ways of using it. Like I, I don't know like what's going to happen, but like, I just know that there's so much like really good creative brain power, like working at that yeah. stuff that like, it's going to be super cool to see like what comes out of it. Do you guys follow home mining wizards or are you in the group on telegram? Yeah. yeah, dude, It's it's a lot of fun. It's man. like, I just picture those, <laughs> yeah. those are the kinds of people who <laughs> exactly talk the, about Steven, just yeah. like exactly those kind of guys. Like these people will figure it out and they're not even using duct tape at this point. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're uh, uh, a very, very, like, you know, clever mm-hmm. group of guys mm-hmm. that, you know, are just, like, figuring out these ways to keep their ASICs running 
literally at, at any cost. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like if I've got to break even and use the heat, then I guess that's what I'll do, you know? Exactly. And it's like, it's amazing to see like all that cool stuff happening. No, I'm enthusiastic about it. And I, I, I want to start dabbling into it myself. Like, cause part of it is just like, you know, I get the theory of how it would work, but you know, the other part is like actually doing it yourself. And yeah. I feel like that's just, it's such a game changer to be able to to understand like just like everything about your house and the way that it works that you can just be like look i don't need help from anyone like yeah i'm going to take care of this myself it's like the ultimate uh it's not like libertarian but you know it, you can see why people very like a uh, sovereign type, right uh, yeah beliefs. the sovereign belief yeah mm-hmm. you know where you know i'll heat my own home exactly i'll take i'll handle it you what know. about like farming? Are there, like, is there anything you can do with like ASICs that you can, you know, turn into like regenerative farming? Or do you guys know anything about like, well, yeah, kind of like creative ways with farming for so, coin mining? Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's, you know, obviously heat can be used for tons of different stuff. The, the one main thing is, you know, if you can heat like a greenhouse or something, that's the big advantage. Um, I mean, there's, you can heat your greenhouse, you can heat your shed when it's winter, you're not using equipment, you can heat, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could, you could do it to like slow dry your corn. What slow drying is you put in a grain bin and then you just have a fan constantly suck in air and then you heat the air as it goes in. You can use that instead of having the, the nat gas with liquid propane set up, you just use the heat from the ASICs. That's what we wanted it. That's what we're looking at trying to do for our grain bin site. I mean, it just makes sense. It's right there. It's you yeah. know it save us on liquid propane you know because we have to we have to wait for the LP guy to show up fill up the tank and then start doing it and then we use so much of that propane where we could just you know mine at the low rate have all that excess heat you know it's it's free we're just dumping it outside right now mm-hmm. um, I mean the other big advantage down there is like um, you know, with corn drying there's huge amounts of electrical infrastructure everywhere because you know the the corn dryers use. Ours is fairly small. We use it's 600 amp service just for a real small one, um, but it, it's all it's already there. But it only gets used, you know, two weeks, two three weeks out of the year. Right. And so there's just so much infrastructure going around everywhere. You know, there's huge amounts of power being pulled just in two weeks only. And so you can pull that power the rest of the year when you're not drying corn, and you don't have to pay for that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Slap some ASICs in there. Yeah, you can make money on the infrastructure that's already been paid for to get you the power. Right, corn drying system. Yeah, my eyes always light up when you can just slap an ASIC in there and solve yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I mean. Again, it's so important to have the infrastructure. There. The infrastructure is so expensive, and it's just if it's already there, you know, you save so much headache and cost, and you know, you don't have to convince people to help you out. It's again, it's just. It's you're just there, your own. Just yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I uh, I was like thinking in my head, you know, like what's a good indicator, you know, how long have we been going and doing the conversation? And, and right now, I hear Jazzercise is <laughs> going pretty hard. They got their music going. They're, they're banging in there. Yeah, they're they like the instructor. She gets so hyped. Yeah, like yeah, she sure. starts she starts yelling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Which, what you guys should do is plug in some ASICs here and try to drown them out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you guys want to play the noise game. See who can be louder. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll bet on the ASICs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I'll keep that joke for when we're off there. <laughs> uh, where can where can people find you guys? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you can check us out our website, just wilsonmining.io. Uh, Twitter, we're just Wilson Mining. Uh, Telegram, same thing, Wilson Mining. Um, we're pretty active on on. Oh yeah, YouTube too. You can find us on YouTube. Nice. Um, Wilson Mining. We oh, post surprise, 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 surprise. You know, we're pretty much Wilson Mining on everything. We're super active. Uh, Twitter is probably where the where the most mm-hmm. active on. If you want to reach us and kind of see like what we're up to on a more day to day basis and just like what's going on in our heads that we're tweeting out randomly from time to time. Nice. Um, and stuff like that. So yeah, check us out, hit us up in the DMs. If you've got questions, like we're super open to just like answering things and mm-hmm. helping in, in ways that we can and taking a look at anything. So yeah, great. Yeah. We started as a home miner. So, you know, we want to, cause I, you know, I always bring it back to the automotive industry is, is you wouldn't have future mechanics if you didn't, if, if the mechanics that are knowledgeable that have been knowledgeable for 30 years didn't help out the guy that was three months into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to help out. And so we want to give that same thing back is, you know, when we first came onto the scene, we had guys helping us out, answering our questions. So we want to offer that back. So, right. Yeah. If you guys don't know, just reach out to anybody in the telegrams, us, just start asking questions and the good guys will find you and answer your questions. Yeah. But obviously, you know, it's on you to ask it and do research. No one's just going to do things for you. But, you know, there is help out there. You just have to start asking for it. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to be on the podcast. Uh, yeah. They had a really great time. Yeah. Very welcome, yeah. Stephen and Eric from Wilson Mining. And good luck in the future. And hopefully yeah. we can sit down and have a conversation again soon. For sure. Yeah. 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 Thanks.